Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Okay. Oh, wow. It was quite quite the beginning. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to episode number 23 of Bleeding Blue, and I have never been more excited for a Giants episode before. Yeah, the New York football Giants lost another game to the football team in Washington. But it's what happened afterwards and what lies ahead that is so exciting to analyze. We have trolls, childish beat writers, and people on Twitter. We have our favorite third-string quarterback, Kyle Lulu Luletta. He was arrested and charged with a range of crimes this week. Which makes me excited that David and I could finally use our backgrounds in, soci in sociology and criminal justice for something meaningful. We have conspiracy theories, the ethics of tanking, and we also answer some social media questions. So, without further ado, let's bleed blue. Little, little long, little long of an intro, but I think it did. I feel the like job. that was one. Of, I feel like that was one of your shorter ones. Really? No, I thought I. It was. It, it was quite long. Maybe I just I sped it up a little bit. Usually I put emphasis on each word. Um, That's true. But I kind of, I kind of sped it. I kind of sped it up a little bit this week because I knew that it was a lot of information. Do we have a? Do you have a notes written down? I have, I have like notes of like topics, not my extensive okay, I, notes. I still want to open it though. I didn't have it open. Yeah. Open it. Open it. I'll 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 do my housekeeping items and then you can look at the notes. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Welcome back. I'm probably not gonna edit that out, so why should I say welcome back? All right, so for the housekeeping items. Earlier this week, we had an interview with the one and only John Boy, the host of Talking Yanks and a million different other podcasts. You know John Boy. You love John Boy. If you're listening to this and you did not listen to that, I would like you to stop listening to this episode and go listen to that and then come back to us right now, wherever wherever you are, because that was such an awesome conversation. John Boy and Talking Yanks and what he does and what and how he just creates content, it really did inspire me to start my own journey of creating content, creating podcasts, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that was a really great conversation we talked about his desire to create content. We talked about his overall vision and his overall vision for Talking Yanks as a brand. We talked about the New York Football Giants for a little bit as well. We talked about social media. We talked about Yankee State. We really talked about everything. Um, my favorite quote from John Boy coming from that episode is he says, 
if I like something, I like to talk about it. And I'd say that's a, that's a pretty, pretty similar sentiment that I have about myself. How about you, David? Do you, if you like something, do you like to talk about it? Absolutely. If it's something that I feel like I'm passionate about, of course. Why wouldn't I? Absolutely. All right. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter at jpenix 74 as usual. Let me know what you think of the episode. Let me know what you think of John Boy. If you appreciated John Boy coming on the show, this is what I really want to emphasize. If you appreciated John Boy coming on Bleeding Blue and you want him to come back again, tweet at John Boy. It's That's capital J-O-M-B-O-Y underscore on Twitter and say, hey, we appreciated you coming on Bleeding Blue. It was really good. We would like you to come back again. That would be great. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes if you really like what you hear. We've got 15 five-star ratings on Apple iTunes, which is fantastic. Also, write a review. I want to do some sort of contest as the Yankees offseason is going by and as the Giants as the Giants offseason is approaching. <laughs> I guess because that's what I'm looking forward to, I guess. Um so, sad. so as both off seasons are kind of like approaching and as maybe we'll do this in the time period where they're where both sports are in off season, I would like to have some sort of contest of like five star ratings and maybe give out like a free jersey. I don't know. That's something that I would like to maybe do because I get cheap jerseys from a possibly not allowed website in the United States. Um, you can't you can't go out and put that on the air. I don't care. I don't care. What? That. Yeah, come, come and get me. Okay. Um, wow. So yeah, that's uh that's that's the that's the housekeeping items. And also keep an eye out if you're a Yankees fan. Keep an eye out for a Yankee episode that will be coming shortly. Okay, that was really long. I hope you didn't click off by now. Um, David. Yes. Sir. How how are you doing today? Right now. Um, we talked about this before we started. I'm kind of tired. Just just tired overall. But outside of that. Also tired of the Giants. So I'm just overall tired with everything. That was a great, that was a great transition. Tired. See what I did there? Like, you yeah. You can't teach that kind of transition. <laughs> Intangibles. Absolutely. My, my see, I'm, I'm watching, I had NFL Network on before we started, and uh, I'm watching a segment of Saquon Barkley mic'd up during the game. What a guy. Just does all the right things. They're in good hands. Like a good neighbor. Saquon is there. Oh, that was good. Wow. Right? right? Let's, all right. We need to make a t-shirt. I think that's that's <laughs> merch. Merch. All right. Somebody's Bleeding gonna take swag. somebody's gonna somebody's gonna take our idea and we're gonna sue them. I'm I'm excited. Let's do it. You're in DC, yeah. so there's plenty of lawyers where you are. That's right. Oh my gosh, yes. And I also hang out with a lot of lawyers because that's like that's like what I do now. Exactly. Um all right, let's let's get into, into No, I need to tell everyone how I'm doing. Okay. Screw you. All right. Um, I guess I shouldn't ask you. <laughs> you want to ask me? How are you doing, Justin? I'm doing, I'm very similar to you where I'm tired. I'm entering into this space as a tired human being. I had to transcribe one hour and seven minutes worth of a meeting today at work that resulted in 7,228 words and 13 pages single spaced. So, Typing all that as an intern um, in, in the span of two days was very tiring. Pausing a YouTube video every five seconds to figure out what people say 
not exactly the funnest thing to do. But we're here, and we're talking about the New York football giants, but also at the same time, we're not going to be talking about football, which makes me so excited. No, so that makes me sad. It's like November. Or, yeah, it's, I mean, it's Halloween. Happy Halloween, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, leading Blue Halloween special. Yeah. What's your uh, What's your opinion on Halloween? What do you I do? You like Halloween? Halloween? You hate it? Halloween is by far my least favorite holiday. First of all, it's not really even a holiday. Second of all, it, it, I I you can ask anybody who knows me. It is my my least favorite day of the year. Okay, so what did you do like when you were a kid? Like, what did you do? Uh, well, like for a while, you have to dress up. So I would dress up right. begrudgingly. I would begrudgingly dress up and just kind of like go through the motions. I never wanted to go trick or treating. Um, and I'm like, when I became old enough, I just stopped altogether. Never, and but like, I wasn't that kid who who like went to the Halloween party but didn't dress up. I just didn't do anything. I just stayed inside. Yeah, I would do the block. No, that's not it. even that. Not even uh, that. Yeah, like, or or maybe like half. I think as the years went on, I would do like me and my because my sister, my sister is autism, so we would both be pretty cranky on Halloween. Like, mom, don't make us go out and do this. <laughs> exactly. I, I think, I think my sister was smart enough as the years went on to be like, if I want candy, you can simply just buy it for me. <laughs> I can get it other ways. I so don't have to beg she, and she didn't have to say it. She, she was just like, I don't want to leave. Like just, I want the end result to happen. So we we're both really party poopers. Yep. But anyway, um, at this point of the year, this is like, this is like where like the football season should be getting really fun. And it's like already over, so it's very depressing. That being said, I also feel like I, I'm 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 just I just stream of conscious here. I, you know, you watch like this past Sunday, you watch uh, the Packers and the Rams, and then this Sunday, I think you've got the, the like the two big games this week are the Patriots and the Packers, and the Rams and the Saints. And I feel like you watch those teams play and you realize that your team has like no business being on the same football field with like the Bears, let alone any of these teams. So we're at the point now where you and I, Justin, were able to sit back and just watch quality football from other teams and just enjoy it. Uh, and and hopefully, hopefully our boys can uh, figure it out down the road. So, but... It makes me sad that November's upon us and football is all but dead in my life. Pretty morbid, huh? Yeah, well, it's true. So, uh, what were your what were your thoughts on last week's game, David? Well, I didn't get a chance to watch it. Unfortunately, I was I had to I was driving during the whole thing, but I had to listen. The worst part was I was like in the Virginia area, so I had to listen. To the giant, to to the Redskins broadcast of it, so that was painful. I had to listen to Chris Cooley all, all afternoon. What a what a player, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Tight end, tight end with a number in the forties. That's a bold move. That's true. He was also one of those tight ends that never wore gloves. Have to respect those guys. Dallas Clark's another one. Um, but my thoughts. It. I saw somebody on Twitter uh, this week, and I, I don't remember who. It was just like a random. Just a random uh, user. He he was saying that this past Sunday matched the common formula for this season as a whole, but also going back to last season. Defense plays. Defense gives up 
one drive early in the game, settles in, shuts the other team down, gives up maybe three more points. Offense sleeps their entire way through the first 75% of the game. Comes alive and at the end of the game, makes the game a one-possession game, and the defense can't get one last stop to give the offense one last opportunity. And the game ends as like a 10-point loss. And I think that's like the perfect way of putting it. It's just, it's a common, just a, a common cycle that repeats, re- repeats itself over, over and over again, which also is frustrating because it doesn't allow Giants fans to just like give up at any point. Yes. You're, you're constantly watching the game and being like, well, they're like one play. There is, there's literally, they're still in this game. I don't know how, but they're still in this game. And it just, they just can't make the plays when they need them offensively or defensively. Which is why last week's episode was titled Groundhog Day. Yeah. You just feel like you're living the same day in the same game over and over and over again. But really, I mean, you have to give credit to the defense. Like, you just have to. Because even for a certain period of time last year, it was kind of similar. Yeah, absolutely. So credit has to be given to the defense. And we have... This week especially. Yeah. I mean, you figure we spent the entire, almost the entire episode last week talking about the fact that they were losing Snacks Harrison and Eli Apple. I mean, they those are two starters for this team. And the defense went in and, you know, missing two of their guys. I would say Harrison's probably, is arguably the best player, was the best player on that defense. You could argue it's Landon Collins. You can argue it's Olivier Vernon. But I, I would say he's, this year, he's been by far the most productive. And so you lose him. Granted, AP had like a vintage AP day on the ground. So that might have something to do with it. But I think the defense game in and game out has competed. And it, and it, it's really, really frustrating to see an yeah. offense that can't put up, you know, can't score a couple times. Because if they could, they'd be in every single ball game with a, real, with, with a good chance to win. If you score points in the NFL, there's a good chance well, that no, you can what I, win. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, like the, I'm not talking about putting up the same kind of offensive numbers that the Saints put up or the Chiefs put up. What I'm saying is, the defense is good enough and plays well enough every week, seemingly, that if they could just score 23, 24 points, which is these days an average middle of the road offense, teams are putting up that those numbers in the first half. Yeah, exactly. Like that that's not a crazy offense these days. They could just be, be a mediocre offense with the way the defense has played a lot of the year. They'd be in they'd be in every single football game they play and they probably have at least three or four more wins. Which might yeah. end up being the worst thing for us, but we could we'll probably get into that later. Yeah. All you can ask out of NFL defenses today, frankly, in my opinion, just because of how the rules are, especially in terms of officiating and how the game has changed as a whole, all you can ask out of NFL defenses in today's game is that they keep you in a football game. They give you an opportunity to win a football game. And the Giants and Giants defense have done that pretty much every single week besides playing Philadelphia. So, yeah. you know, you do have you do have to commend them. Um, here's – I'm not really – we're not really going to spend that much time on this Washington game because we frankly don't even spend that much time on games because I feel like there's just no point because it's deja vu. It's groundhog day. It's the same thing every single week. So why spend that much time on it? Here's what you need to know. Okay. Uh, First quarter, uh, the giants had two drives, five plays um, resulted in a punt, six plays resulted in a punt. Okay. Second quarter, 
Uh, eight plays, really good drive, almost five minutes, 58 yards, interception. Nine plays, 51 yards, field goal. Those were the two possessions in the second quarter. Um, third quarter, we started off with a five-play uh, drive for a punt, three-play drive for a punt, um, interception, uh, three plays, turnover on downs, four plays. Uh, fourth quarter, punt, four plays, and then our best two drives of the day came in the final minutes of the game where the Giants scored a field goal, six plays, 33 yards, and then a beautiful 16-play, 80-yard touchdown. That was our only touchdown for the game, caught by Evan Ingram. And at the time, there were some people like myself thinking that that might have been Eli Manning's last touchdown pass in a Giants uniform. But we can go on to explain why that's probably not, not the case in a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, there's not, there's just not a lot of takeaways. No. Now, we, co- I, I could make this episode take a turn that you don't want it to take, and that I don't want it to take, and I could explain to you why everybody getting on Eli this week pains me and gets me really, really frustrated. All right, now I will. The Giants allowed seven sacks. Well, seven sacks, and beyond that, I believe Eli was hit seventeen times. Yes, so I'm really tired about of hearing all these people say he was taking the sacks. I agree, there were there were a couple a couple of those sacks. I, now, of course, I had to watch everything via replay, and I had to search the plays out to see them. Right, but I watched all of his sacks, and yeah, there were probably three or four where he folded. And, he looked shell shocked and looked like he didn't want to be on the field anymore. And I can't blame him, but the reality is you can't have a quarterback doing that. Right. So I think we are too quick to dismiss how many times he was on the ground, though. Had gotten rid of the ball, you know, ball is out of his hand, he's on the ground. That that takes a toll on any quarterback going along further into a game. And then when you add on top of that, I don't think I've seen – Giants receivers dropped the ball more times than they dropped the ball this past Sunday. Oh, you're wrong. You're wrong. There have been previous years where the Giants have dropped the ball more than they have this Sunday. So, well, okay. I, and that's well, yeah. not and that's not to say that I'm complimenting the Giants wide receivers. That's to say how bad some of them have been well, in years this- past. And that's exactly why people defended Eli in the past and why he deserved it. But this year, he does not deserve it. Because this past okay. Sunday, he absolutely does, though. Evan Ingram was atrocious outside of this one as you are so quick to point out garbage time touchdown he was atrocious he dropped that fourth down pass. Dropped the fourth down. he but that was not his only drop you know there's a reason why i think last week also he had no catches maybe he had one he hasn't done anything since he's been back it's not that he's not getting i mean he's not being targeted quite as often as i think anybody expected but he doesn't catch the ball Right. That's and that's kind of an important part. Sterling Shepard also has had a case of the drops all year. He makes a couple of really nice plays and then a couple of baffling plays. I remember those this past Sunday. There was the one deep, like really deep play. Neely put the ball exactly where it had to be, and the corner made a nice play on it. You know, came over his shoulder and knocked the ball out. But I'm sorry when when you're when you're a receiver to the level of Sterling Shepard, and we expect who Sterling Shepard should be, you can't drop that ball. Um, so just pointing out, I think people, this is an odd week for the collective, the collective public to 
attack Eli quite as vehemently as they have. It's it's a we it's a it's an odd week to see that because I think the offensive line was about as bad as they've been, and the receivers didn't help out Eli. If you want, if you want to blame Eli for the Eagle game, if you want to blame him for uh, last week against Atlanta, I'll give you, I'll give you that. But I don't know about this past Sunday. That just didn't make any sense. To me. Yeah, and I mean it's also tough when you can't run the ball either. Exactly. So they say Saquon again. Yeah, you know, um, Saquon had. Nothing. Thirteen carries, thirteen carries, thirty-eight yards. He, yeah. uh, you know, again, he had nine receptions for seventy-three yards, but averaging less than three yards a carry is atrocious. And that Redskins front seven absolutely just took care of us. So again, and if you listen to the John Boy interview last week, and John Boy kind of asked, "What's my opinion and what's my take on Eli Manning, and who's to blame?" Which you know, kind of that's, I feel like that's really becoming a very um, divisive question in the in the Giants community. And I guess I can be. Um, I can attribute to that, but at the same time, I'm also playing off of people's blind ignorance and blind faith to a figure and a man who's been a part of our lives since the year 2004, but neither here nor there. I say that on the field, Eli Manning is more to blame than the offensive line just because the game has passed Eli Manning. And if we had a more mobile guy, blah, 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 blah. It's a conversation that we've been having for weeks. But if you look organizationally and if you look structurally at who's to blame, definitely it's, it's, it's Gettleman and it's Mara and it's this flawed plan that the Giants had going into the season to invest in Eli and to invest into this team as much as they did, especially when you consider that they went out and they spent a ton of money. Um, you know, they went out and they got Ogletree. They went out, they got Solder. They went out and obviously they drafted Saquon, which is an investment not only on, you know, which is more of an investment on this year, I feel, than it was, than it is in years two, three, four, five, six and beyond. Um, so, yeah, I'm. Everybody knows my takes on Eli. That was that was a good perspective that that kind of David brought. Um, but it was it, it, it. Every everyone's bad. This is a bad football team. Yeah, that's why it's why they're one at seven, and it's why right now we're we're the ones who are going to be getting the number one draft pick. You know, it's just it's not just one thing. It's it's it really is combination of everything. Um, so yeah, let's actually. I want to talk about <clears throat> Kyle Luletta. Lulu. We call him Lulu on this podcast. Is it Law or Lou? I thought it was Law Letter. Oh, oh, it is Law Letter. I think it's Law Letter. I call him Lulu. I call him Lulu. Why? Because I don't know. All right. Lala would make more sense. Just just Lala? No. No. Lala. Would you call him Lala? No, I'm not calling him Lala. That is too long to say. We have to come up with a. Kyle Lulu. Okay. All right. That's, that's, That's what I call him. Okay. Here's what he was charged with so we're going to kind of quit in tarantino this we're going to start our way from the back and then we'll work we're going to start at the end and then we're going to work our way back and we're going to have a few laughs with this ready okay let's do it so from jordan renan kyle lulu charged with eluding i get it eluding police a third degree crime obstructing administration of law and resisting arrest motor vehicle charges for reckless driving disregarding an officer's directions, improper turn in marked traffic lane, and failure to remain in marked lane. So, apparently, he lived around the Weehawken area, which a lot of Giants players live. And 
running late to practice. There's a lot of traffic on the 495 um, highway that's leading into East Rutherford. It's awful these days. I can I can vouch. So <laughs> apparently he was running late, and also. The police, I want to know what police department, though. This is one thing that I'm waiting for, and this can contribute to my conspiracy theory that we're about to address in a few minutes as well. What police department it was, and apparently they say that he he drives a Jaguar, by the way. That's very nice. He drives a Jaguar. No, 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 no. Jaguar, ever since Ford bought Jaguar, it's been crap. Oh, Jaguars so, are nice. Stop that. They're, they're nice, but they're not well made. Um, I mean, I'm unless just saying they look cool. When you're a football player, it doesn't matter. You can buy and he'll buy a new car in two First years. First of all, he's a down. he's a third string quarterback. Okay, yeah, he also makes he million could, dollars. He could fall as quickly as Davis he's Webb's got a three ass. Three million dollar contract. Yeah, Davis Webb also had a three million dollar contract. Look at how well he's on the freaking practice squad now for the Jets. So don't be going out buying and a crappy. I bet, I bet he's making like like a million dollars. Don't be going out buying a crappy Jaguar that is that isn't made right and well. Just buy a Mustang, like a man. All right, don't be buying a Jaguar. Like a man, <laughs> go buy your mom a Jaguar or something. Like you My know, mom your mom loves Jaguars. Yeah, yeah, yes. Then it's your dream car. Yes, yeah. There you go. That's perfect because then you can lease it after fifty thousand miles when people. And moms, I know my mom gets tired of cars very quickly. So then five, three years, boom, I need a new one. I just need something new. So buy your mom a Jaguar. Here's a here's a hot take. By the time the lease is up, his time with the Giants will be up anyway. So get the hell on out. I want to recreate this whole scene, David. Okay. okay. So Kyle, Kyle Lulu is on 495. And he's he's in a hurry to get things done. What's that Ameri- What's that song by America? I'm in a hurry to get things done, and I rush and rush until life's no fun. Okay, so America, that's a great song. Um, do you know that song? No. No? You should look it up. I'm not an America fan. Neither here nor there. 495, he gets pulled over by a police officer, and apparently this Jaguar is one that this police department has seen frequently driving like a lunatic. Because I guess, how can you not be living in this area for multiple months now and not uh, have your, and not having your schedule down? For the record, it was the Weehawken Police Department. It was the Weehawken Police Department? Yes. Oddly yes. close to Hoboken. And you know who lives in Hoboken. Or did he move? Did Eli recently move to Weehawken? Or does he still live in Hoboken? I know Eli has lived in Hoboken. I can find out. Yeah, let's 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 research this because I, I here's here's how I imagine that going down. He's pulled over by a police officer, Kyle Lulu, right? He's like, and apparently he did make remarks of like, "Do you know who I am?" Yeah, like I'm, I play for the Giants. I'm late for practice. Yeah. He was he's one of the and the he's one of those guys. And the cop was probably like, "You you don't play for the Giants?" And he's like, "Yes, I do." He's like. Well, I don't play. I show up and I yeah yeah. I don't play. I I'm in I'm in shorts and I'm in a and I'm in a windbreaker every week. But I play. Like no, you don't. You don't. Right. So you don't technically play for the Giants. And he's like, yes, yes, I do. Oh, he lives in Summit, New Jersey. Summit, Eli. Yeah. Oh, but he still has connections up north. He's still got those connections up north. He has no idea. No, he's Eli Manning. Of course he does. All right, well, I want to get, all right, so here's the continuing the scene. 
but yes, I do play for the New York football giants. I'm late for practice. How are you? I see you driving like a lunatic all the time, Mr. Lulu. How are you constantly late to practice? Look, listen, I'm here and I'm late right now, but I'm also already late for tomorrow's practice too. So can I please get going? Can I, can you please let me go? And he's like, no. And then Luletta actually almost ran over a police officer because he tried to leave the scene. Here's where our criminal justice and sociology knowledge comes in handy here. Knowing that you're free to leave the scene. So clearly, Luletta was not free to leave the scene. Clearly. <laughs> clearly the cop did not take kindly to him trying to leave. But you, but you, if you ask, you sometimes can. Like, what's the what they're according yeah, to like the con- yeah, according to the Constitution. There's like you know in your you know in Fourth Amendment with the seat with uh, with unlawful searches and seizures. There's no harm in asking, "Can I leave?" And Absolutely. there's also there's also no harm in saying no if a cop asks to search your car. So say just you know like Nancy Reagan, just say no. Except this time it's not the drugs; it's to the police. That's my new marketing strategy and that's how i'm gonna get rich i'm gonna use the just say no nancy reagan and i'm gonna instead i'm gonna say just say no to the cops you think that'll okay, work so where, is, where is your conspiracy uh, no i don't i'm not i'm not there yet i'm okay. not there yet one more piece of advice if you are not free to leave the scene of a traffic stop and you ask a police officer can i go and they say no do not almost run the police officer <laughs> over with your car in an attempt to leave and I have a saying, if you're always early, you're never late. So Kyle Luletta should learn from me because I'm smart. Because if you're always early, you're never late. And then you won't have to run a police officer over with your car. My conspiracy theory. Go for it. I want to hear this. I mean, it's a conspiracy theory that's been thrown around Twitter all week. But Eli Manning clearly set this up. Clearly. Had to. Archie Manning, Eli Manning made a call saying, hey. I'm about to lose my job. I need you to sabotage this man. Sabotage. That's a perfect word. I need you to sabotage this man's day. Because literally, it was the day. This was the day that Kyle Luletta had an opportunity to get like first string reps because the like the practice off of like starting a bye week. Yeah, it's a veteran off day. Veterans get like the off day. So that day was literally the day that he was going to start getting more reps. And which I guarantee (laughs) you, and and to to be like, to to be kind of real, I guarantee you, you know, I have every belief that before this happened, he was going to be the starting quarterback against San Francisco. I wasn't sure. And part of me, part of me like doesn't care. But I've been very, I was very, very confident in that, just based on what Pat Shermer has said in the last couple of days, and just the the ne- and and the last couple of weeks, even I think it's been brewing for a while. Um, and I think after the bye week is a perfect time to say, oh, he got he was able to get two weeks of practice, you know, really get in there. So, I mean, I, I think Kyle Loletta was going to practice on. Uh, Tuesday and basically saying, this is my job interview. You can't be late to your job interview. And from what I understand also, it was 8 a.m. And I think the players have to be there at like 7.30. He was really late. But how but, can you like, he how can you live like, here? How can you live here for all these months and still not have your schedule down? Yeah. 
Still not having I your think, schedule down. I, I know. I just know that they they're not supposed to like. 8 a.m. is when he got pulled over, and like that, he was already late at that point. Fucking so, like he nice. <laughs> so he like really, he really, really screwed the pooch on this one. Screwed and the pooch. That's my favorite saying, like ever. Yeah. So I think if if we go from like a realist perspective, like like an actual serious perspective from the Giants. All right, serious. It's like what can go wrong will go wrong at this point. Like, seriously, I'm telling you, I think I have every belief that he was going to start on Monday. And now that, like, really puts it in doubt because the Giants will suspend him, the NFL might. I'm, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, like, there are people on Twitter that are trying to really demonize it or not try or just shoving it off as, like, something that's irrelevant. And there were people, there was even one person who said, um, I would prefer if he like was doing this under the influence because it yeah. would make more sense. So it's like, okay, you wanted Kyle Luletta to shove a six pack before well, he I'm here. telling you, that's what I'm but that's what I'm saying. I think I think he had knowledge. He knew. Holy crap, I might I might be the starting quarterback for the Giants. But you literally can't on, run on over you can't run over but a Justin, police officer. Those, kind, those kinds of things that can do weird things to your head. I think I think he knew. He was showing up to work that day, and he was saying, "This is my shot. Where, like, this is what I've been waiting for. You know, fourth round pick at the University of Richmond, A10 Pride. Like, <laughs> like, I'm I'm gonna be the starting quarterback for the Giants. My my number one receiver is gonna be Odell Beckham. I'm gonna have Saquon Barkley behind me. And then you're late to practice, and you're sitting in traffic. Right, you're sitting in traffic. Okay, Justin, you mean to tell me you've never been sitting in traffic, seen that shoulder, and thought to yourself, who would know? Eli did it. Eat that. And Eli well, got pulled over in the summer the too. Well, and also, like, let's be honest. Like, whenever I'm sitting in traffic, you know, Belt Parkway or Staten Island Expressway, you know, all those great places, you see plenty of people do that. And you, well, think I did it once. Do you want to hear the story? You, I did it once. You think? Well, you think to yourself, like, man, that person thinks he's so special, and then you do it for the first time, and you're like, damn, I'm special. So, like, I, yeah, I think Kyle Oletta was sitting in his car. Thinking to himself, I'm already kind of late, but I can make it there. I got to get out of this traffic. This is killing me. Get, and you get pulled over, and his mind, went, his mind just went blank. It just went black on him. So, <laughs> Coach, Dave, Mr. Mara, <laughs> I don't remember shit. I punched the accelerator. I almost ran over a person, but and I then my mind, my mind went black. <laughs> I have no idea what happened. <laughs> and I think the scariest thing, honestly, is what's going to happen when, like, Fletcher Cox is coming after him? Who's going to, like, punch him in the face? Like, what's going to happen? <laughs> he's going to Antonio Brown kick him in the face. Like, what kind of, like, what kind of, like, judgments does this guy have? Seriously, though. You know what really is, is really frustrating to me, though? What's frustrating to you? Can you imagine if Odell Beckham did this? Oh, well, yeah, there were people, yeah, and there were, of course, of course, Odell Beckham Jr. needs to be brought into everything, so there were also people no, seriously. that Odell Beckham that Jr. is, defending. is That's demonized. Defending Odell. Yeah, right, Odell Beckham Jr. is demonized for every little thing that he does, that he does, and yeah, yeah, I, yeah, blah, 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 welcome, welcome to being have, a Giants fan. We also have players who are, like, in the league, and they beat the crap out of their girlfriend, so, like. Yes, that's another topic. I wrote a paper on it. If you want to see it, contact me, follow me on Twitter, at jpenix74. <laughs> um... So um yeah that was 
that was fun. Not exactly fun, but it was fun to talk about. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have any takes as to like, oh, should he start? Should he not start? I frankly don't care. Why not? I frankly don't. I don't care if because Kyle. Really part of me, part of me doesn't believe that Kyle Luletta is a well, part of you, any a part well, of any kind of start plan. To know? I don't care. I really don't care. I don't think that a kid, a kid out of, unless, unless this is the next Carson Wentz, I don't really think a kid out of a small school who didn't play anyone draft that out of the fourth round. I don't necessarily think that we're going to be able to determine whether he's the franchise quarterback in these next, you know, however many games. And I, Uh because I think, because I think that we're going to be all in, especially at this rate, we're going to be all in on, a top three draft pick, and it's going to be a quarterback. So okay, well, you know what? I, you know what? I really, I really hope people realize if you know, if you don't want to give Kyle Kyle Aletta his shot, and you don't, no, really, so I'm not saying, I'm not saying don't I don't really, want well, to, and you don't really think he's part of the, he's part of the plan. Then people need to be prepared for the fact that Eli Manning's playing for another year. Because if Justin Herbert doesn't come out of the draft, they ain't drafting a quarterback. They're gonna wait till the next till uh, they're gonna wait till the 2020 draft. Well, they'll probably be just as bad. So they'll probably have another high draft pick. And they'll just play Eli. Might as well see what the kids got. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, and yeah. In that case, going back to the phrase, the title of an, uh, an episode a few few episodes ago, call me a vampire and put me in a coffin. <laughs> All right. So, um, trolls on Twitter. And grown men who can't handle having a conversation. Okay, so um, a few days ago on Sunday night, Giants Insider, um, apparently they're they're a podcast, um, the or the Giant Insider. They're apparently they're they're a podcast. Note, they're run by grown men. I never followed them. I never interacted with them, but I saw a tweet that I guess somebody maybe retweeted, and it was something in terms of the fact that. Eli apologists blaming solely blaming the offensive line and taking all accountability uh, off of Eli Manning. I don't know what the tweet is because they deleted it. I I don't know what the initial tweet is because they deleted it. Okay, so here's what I responded to that deleted tweet that you can't even look up and find. It's fans and opinions like this that make me question whether number one people actually know the game of football and how it's changed, and number two make me angrier than actually watching the Giants play. Okay? So they quoted my tweet, and they tweeted back, we won't lose sleep over your opinion. Oh. Oh. What a... Oh, instead of trying to respond to me, and, and that I don't think that was a disrespectful response. I really don't. I didn't curse. Um, I didn't, you know, yell. How can you yell through a tweet? But... I don't think that was disrespectful. I think I was frankly challenging their blind, I said blind faith and blind loyalty to a hero that we've all praised and loved and including myself, Eli Manning, he's he's the Iron Man, you know? Um, so they quoted that tweet that I had and then they blocked me. I was about to respond. I wrote my response I could not send the tweet. I'm like, why can't I send this tweet? Is it my Wi-Fi? And then I just defined that they blocked me. 
Okay. So I go on to Apple Podcast, the Giants Insider. I'm like, okay, so there these half these have to be. This podcast has to be run by middle school kids, middle school boys, high school boys that don't know how to handle when somebody intellectually disagrees with them and tries to enter into a conversation. Conversation. No, run by grown men who I am pretty sure I am pretty sure work their jobs part of doing new activities for football grown men could not handle a 20 year old's opinion respectful opinion challenging them on how they see the game of football so uh, a really a really 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 smart guy that i follow on twitter um vincent i he, i'm gonna get i'm gonna butch his name vincent robisardi good try butchered butchered his name names are tough Names are tough. Um, Ralph, and this is another name, um, Ralph Vacciano, who is a well-known Eli apologist, yes. blocked Vince on Twitter. So even people that work and are beat writers for the New York football giants cannot handle when people respectfully disagree with their opinions. Because I know, I know Vince. I've been following Vince on Twitter for years. He would never curse out disrespect somebody in a way that is degrading. You could come up with such a great point where you're disrespecting somebody's knowledge on the game of football, which, hey, is happening to a lot of people. Oh, yeah. he and, he, I think he and I, uh, a couple nights ago, I think, I think you jumped in it at some point. He and I were disagreeing um, on Twitter. But it's just and insane. It was, it was nothing but respectful, yeah. And, it, and it's insane that people will block you they will block you like grow up grow up. you know this is this is what's partially also wrong with this country frankly and i really don't you know let's not get into politics but frankly that people don't know how to even when you're not face to face with somebody imagine if like i'm if i was faced if you were so angry to the point where as a podcast page you tweeted we're not going to lose sleep over your opinion have a few people like it and then delete the tweet and then delete the initial tweet that made me call you out in the first place. If you're going to tweet something, stand by it and don't block somebody because they disagree with you. Like grown men, grown ass men doing that. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Is that how delusional we've become as a fan base that we're this divisive and we're this apart from each other? Justin going, uh, going for and, Four and nineteen in twenty-three games will certainly do that. Something like that. It's unbelievable. I'm On the bright even... side, they have not blocked me yet. Yeah, but I don't really, I don't really get into it on Twitter with anybody. I don't really get into it either. I didn't well, think you, that was such active. a. You're more active. Yeah. I'm not quite as active. Like there are people that seek out to just be assholes. Oh, absolutely. I don't, you I call don't... them trolls. Yeah, yeah. I don't seek out to be an asshole. I really, I really don't think that I do. I try to. I try to give my educated takes on what I see is happening and what I see is going on, but um, unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, yeah, David. Yes, sir. There's, we've been saying this for the last three weeks that we're pushing back our conversation on the ethics of tanking. Yes. We're going to talk about it today. No, we're going to push it back again. Are you serious? 
and that's what we're and that's what we're going to be doing during our bye week discussion. So there we go. We were having trouble thinking about what we're going to be talking about during the bye week, and it is going to be just possibly maybe some other things thrown in there too. If there's any other storylines that come out, especially if we find out who's getting first uh, first quarterback reps, first string quarterback reps this week, then we'll be able to talk about that if there's any developments there. But the ethics of tanking that will be next week. We've been pushing it back three weeks now, but we're already fifty minutes in, and I really want to give that its proper, its proper yes. space and time. So sure. um, let's like, just we're gonna, we're gonna have plenty of time to talk about. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll do that. We'll do that next week. Did you yeah. see? We don't, I don't really want to sit here and talk about it because I feel like it's something we've talked about. Uh, nauseam. Did you see Mark Ross went on, um, Good Morning Football on NFL Network uh, yesterday? No. So Mark Ross, um, ex, what is, what is he? Not general manager. That was he's an executive, ex executive, ex exec. Yeah, vice president of football operations. One of those kinds of things. I don't exactly remember his title, but he, he basically made a lot of the calls on on drafting and scouting, and he has he has a lot to do with the way the t- where the team is right now. Um, and he was fired with the beginning of Gettleman, I believe. Maybe maybe a year before that. I don't remember. He went on Good Morning Football and was basically bashing Eli and was bashing the team and like laughing at them. Sean O'Hara was one of the members of the panel who was like who was interviewing him. And I I want you to like look up little clips of it. Sean O'Hara looks like he's going to be physically ill. As like Mark Ross is like smugly talking about like, well, you know, you have to know like when it's time to move on, and and they need they haven't done that, and and we're like, well, you're the kind of the guy who like decided not to, like you're the one who drafted Eric Flowers, and you're the one who drafted like, you know, uh, David Wilson, and the one who you know just butchered drafts for years on end. Yeah. And then I was just scrolling through Twitter actually, like as we've been talking, and Sean O'Hara responded to a tweet that what's well, I, I always forget what her name is patricia oh she's another one. Oh my god i don't mind her i like her a lot oh no oh my well god. And actually and, and you want to really talk funny, about you want to talk about that people people that don't know the game of football and what's really funny is uh, you obviously didn't see this because they blocked you but <laughs> the giant insider and her just did a podcast together they, the giant oh, insider, of course was, they, was, of course they did the of course they did of course <laughs> Two people that shouldn't be talking about anything. They don't have enough knowledge to talk about anything, let alone anyway, the game of football. But anyway, she like she like just posted a a um a video clip of the interview with Mark Ross and Sean O'Hara and all those people, and just put SMH like in capital letters. And Sean O'Hara replied to it and was like, "Yeah, that's kind of how I was feeling for the majority of the interview." And then she like responded to him and was like, I give you props for not like throwing your coffee at him because that was like painful to watch. And I just thought it was so funny. Like you're sitting there talking about how doomed the Giants are. Sean O'Hara knows damn well who who doomed the Giants, and it was him. That's why he got fired. So I just thought that that whole interview was comical and it just pissed me off. But this is part of our this is part of our tanking argument. This is part of our part of my research that I've done on the ethics of tanking is an old school new school perspective where old school values and old school people have attachments to players. So the Giants, if you look at the Giants media, 
and you look at who represents the Giants in the media, it is with people with an old-school perspective. Amani Toomer, David Deal, Sean O'Hara, all these guys that are embedded in the success years of Eli Manning are telling you what, you know, kind of like explaining what you're seeing after games. What you're seeing, and Sean O'Hara is on NFL Network. He's telling you what you're seeing during the week. Biased. They are biased. I, if Eli Manning was my quarterback, and, and if I was the captain of the offensive line in 2007, and I won a Super Bowl with Eli Manning, I would fight to that death for that man, as he should. But these people are full of their bias. Everybody's full of their biases and everything. But they're tied to the glory years of Eli Manning. And you have to consider that whenever they are explaining or giving an explanation about him or really anything about this football team. Because, of course, seeing how much Eli Manning is getting hit, of course, Sean O'Hara, David Deal, Amani Toomer, all these guys are going to blame the offensive line because guess what? When they played, Eli didn't get hit so much. Of, of course, that 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 makes sense to them. But you have to read past the headlines, which also goes back to my rant that I had two weeks ago, where people don't read that past was, headlines. That was one for the ages. If you haven't listened yeah. to that, go listen to that rant because that was yeah. something. Call so, me off guard. Yeah, read. Yeah, and it really wasn't necessary, but. No. Just like this, like maybe just like this one. But again, people who are uneducated and uninformed make me more upset and angry than actually watching my sports teams play. It really, it really does. Because when you, because when people, when intelligent, quote unquote, intelligent people, and when people that have a lot of influence are saying these things, people will believe it. And it's wrong. It's just flat out wrong. And it's biased. But people don't see it that way. So that's so that's that. Um, let's get to these. Let's get into, our, into the questions. Let's get into these questions, and we'll 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 touch on them briefly. So this was about the fire sale that ended yesterday, Tuesday, at four p.m. No other person, player, was traded besides Eli Apple and Damon Harrison, which was last week. Do you think it was a good idea to keep Jack Rabbit and Olivier Vernon at the trade deadline? If not. What do you think we could have gotten for them pickwise? Um, just a, just a, just a bit of a plug. Person that asked this question is a good friend Nick. I went to high school with him. He runs a page on Instagram called NYGNYY underscore Zone. So New York Giants, New York Yankees Zone. He runs that Instagram page. He's trying to he's trying to grow a following. So follow him on Instagram if you like the. I feel like the quick little tidbits of information, pictures, and headlines and takes. So Nick asked that question about not training anybody else at the de- at the trade deadline, particularly Olivier Vernon and Jack Rabbit. Um, do you think it was a good idea, David? And what do you think we could have gotten for them pickwise if we did trade them? Well, I think evidently the the Giants just didn't feel like they had a trade there. They just didn't have a they didn't have a trade that they liked. They didn't think they got enough value back. Um, I think it's funny. You have a lot of people complaining about the hauls that they got for Eli Apple and Damon Harrison specifically. Are some of the same people complaining that they didn't trade Vernon the Jackrabbit? Well, the reason why they didn't trade Vernon uh, Vernon the Jackrabbit are because 
they probably got even they probably had offers on the table for even less. I mean, we know they were actively shopping Junior Jenkins. There were numerous, numerous rumors, and some probably some of them weren't true, but I know like they were definitely shopping him. The Chiefs were talked about, yeah. the Steelers were talked Jeez. about. So they definitely were looking to were looking to move him. But and I was I was warning uh, I was warning people about this. I felt like for Jenkins, the best you were going to do was a fourth, and that was that's being I think a little generous. I would probably yeah. say you're, you're more in the five six range, especially with the contract. Vernon, I don't think you're getting anything. Vernon's no. contract is enormous, and I think he's a I think he's a fantastic player. Yeah, we, just we, a we, just a liability injury we, wise. I mean, we touched on that I think last week uh, that I would I, I think Vernon is the kind of guy who you you keep in house. You don't really have a choice, but I think I'm not. I'm not upset with keeping him at all. I I, yeah. I would have been I would have been frustrated if they had if they moved him for like a sixth round pick. I don't think clearing his cap is as helpful as keeping him is. Jenkins, on the other hand, I would have. I mean, in a perfect world, I would have loved to see him get moved. I think based purely on talent, I think he's a third round pick. I think he's a he's a he's a third rounder, maybe a fourth and a fifth, something like that. But when you combine when you combine inconsistent play. And his salary cap number, you're not going to get anything better than a fifth. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. The only thing that I would have liked to see is I would have liked to see a second-round pick for Landon Collins. That's the only thing I would have liked to see. I don't understand this concept of Landon Collins is going to be around for the foreseeable future with the Giants, and that's why people didn't want to train him. He's he's a free agent at the end of this year. So what – if he really wants to be in a Giants uniform, like he's expressed that he's wanted to, then we would be able to sign him in the offseason. What what was the harm behind trying to get an extra draft pick for him? Well, the and- point is you don't wanna you don't want to pay him. If you don't want to pay him, I mean like I I think I think getting rid of Land Collins would be a would be a massive mistake. I- why why do you think that would be a mistake if we would just be able to sign him back in the offseason? I think shopping him is a mistake in and of itself. I mean, I think, I think they should sign him back in the off season, but I think trading him would just be a, 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 a massive mistake. But why? Well, cause you, cause I think they should keep him so that you don't want to trade him, but they can, they can have, they can have the opportunity to keep him. If he wanted to come back that badly to the giants in the off season, we would be able to do that. You're, oh, you're, I, you're, you're saying, yeah. You're saying trade him and, and sign him back at the end of the season. Yeah, basically pulled in a roll. You that, pulled in a roll this Chapman. No, that wouldn't happen. Why? Why wouldn't it happen? If he really wants to be back in a Giants uniform, why wouldn't he? The Giant, you can't risk that for the Giants. That's the thing. It's not purely up to Landon. You don't want to. You don't want to risk that for the Giants because then you know. Okay, so you trade him to the Chiefs, right? Because the Chiefs need secondary help. I'm yeah. not. I don't know if the Chiefs are were a team that were specifically. I don't. I don't know who was even interested in Lenny Collins. But say it was the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to go deep into the playoffs. Lenny Collins might get there and say, "I don't want to leave." Right. Like, what, what are you going to offer me? Right. You don't. You just don't want to take that risk. He's too good. I think the Giants have two guys on the defense right now who, who could be cornerstones of the defense, and I think it's Lenny Collins and Olivier Vernon. So you don't want to take that risk. Yeah, Olivier Vernon. I mean, the dude. The dude. I I love him. And Lorenzo Carter. I think 
Yeah, and I think well, BJ. I mean, you could name a bunch of these guys. BJ Hill too. BJ Hill's a really good, a really good player. Dalvin you could you can name yeah a Dalvin. I mean, you can name a bunch yeah, of these guys, guys and, and they're and they're you know. I, that's why I said I'm not concerned defensively. Like I'm not I'm not concerned defensively, even with this lackluster secondary that we've had all season. Um, we found a way to not take ourselves out of football games, which is the most important thing. Um, Olivier Vernon obviously is an is a injury liability. I guess you can say that. He's missed some time, but also you can blame Steve Spagnuolo for running him into the ground, but you can also blame Jerry Reese for not having good defensive line depth. And again, it's just, you know, who's to blame? It's You blame people that, you know, who are actually on the field, but then you look structurally and organizationally, and it's in a whole different kind of chart of blame. Um, so I think the moves that they made and the moves that they didn't make are fine. I'm fine with it. Hey, let's just let's just try to get through the year. Um, mm-hmm. My friend uh, Anne from St. Joe's, she's currently in Spain right now. She basically wants a shout out. Hi, Anne. Hi, Anne. I'm wearing Anne. a St. Joe's shirt as we speak. That's right. That's right. Yeah. David and I went to St. Joe's. David and I graduated. D- David, no, David and I. David you graduated. Gra- you, you didn't graduate. No, it did not graduate. David graduated last year. We bowled in a bowling league together, and that's how we know each other. Ann and I are actually going to be starting a podcast together in the spring where we basically so many podcasts. Yeah, I mean they're very easy to do. They are very, very easy Don't to tell people do. That. No, they no that they are. They're very easy to do. And I and I really do I really do suggest, especially if you're if you're an educated person and you're not like um and you're not like Giants Insider. All start, right. Start a pod start a podcast on literally anything. It doesn't have to just be about sports. It doesn't have to be about mainstream, like the podcast that Ann and I and some other some of our other friends that um are gonna be doing it with us in the spring that we're gonna start is I'm gonna find funny articles and whether they're weird headlines or whether it's anything, and I'm gonna narrate those articles and they're gonna talk and they're gonna react to it. That's gonna be the podcast that we're gonna be doing. So cool. Anne gets a shout out. Um Excited to see you, Anne. Enjoy Spain. And one of my friends, Abel, who is in Washington, D.C. with me, asked a very loaded question. How could we improve the Giants as a team? How we can improve the Giants as a team is by losing every single game that's left in this regular season. So what's your what's your answer to that, David? Make it Make it relatively quick. How can we improve the Giants as a team? Like right now? You do. Yeah. Uh, Overall. You start, Kyle Oletta, see what you have. Uh, if you don't like what you see in the next six weeks, you pray to God Justin Herbert comes out for the draft. If he doesn't, you draft you draft offensive line every round of the draft. You you spam them. You just keep going. You you keep throwing offensive linemen at the wall and see if they stick. So like we did with cornerbacks last year. Yeah. We're going to have to do that like, with corners, too. Except hopefully this year, like, hope, hopefully it works. Well, I mean, if you're not. I mean, well, yeah. okay, okay, you know what? I, I rephrase. <laughs> First round offensive line, second round offensive line, third round defensive line, fourth round corner, fifth round offensive line, you're getting, you're catching my drift. That's, if, that's, if, that's, that's if Kyle Luletta is our starter from here on out. Well, what I'm saying is if Herbert doesn't come out for the draft, it's going to be him or Eli next year. It'll probably be Eli. Oh, so, God. all right. Unless I'll tell you what, the only way that Kyle Loretta plays next season is if they think he's the future quarterback. Yeah. 
If they don't, they'll keep playing Eli. All right. So time time will only tell. Next week, we're going to have our bi-week podcast on the ethics of tanking and some other things. Hopefully, there's news about who is going to be taking reps at QB1. David, any kind of final thoughts before we get on out of here? Um, Halloween stupid. Yeah. Halloween stupid. I think that's all I got for you. All right. Also, uh, screw the Red Sox. Halloween stupid. Screw the Red Sox. The Yankees could suck it. <laughs> you see how stupid? <laughs> that's so stupid. I like, that was so funny. Boston <laughs> fans never cease to amaze me in their stupidity. They're winning the World Series, right? They're in the World Series, and they're chanting "Yankees suck." It's very. Petty. They win the World Series, and they're playing New York, New York in the in in the clubhouse. I mean, it's petty, but they won, and I no, guess no, 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 they, no. They I'm not talking it. about petty. I'm talking about why are you like like. Mariah Carey, why are you so obsessed with me? Like, like what What are they, like, have your moment. Leave us out of it. You beat us. Like, just shouldn't, like, your play be enough to just, like, like, come at Yankee fans and the Yankees? No, they have to, like, do that because it's, like, an inferiority complex. It's, like, when you beat, like, when you beat your big brother, like, in a video game or something, and you have to, like, rub it in his face. Like, wow. just let it, like... Just let your play do the talking, you know? Talking psychology. It's stupid. Like, get over it. Like, like, I'm not saying, actually, congratulations. You won the World Series. I hate you for it, but you won the World Series. You're the best team in baseball this year. I'll give that to you. But, like, like just, just win the World Series and act like you've been there before. You know? Yeah, whatever. All right. The Red Sox are, like, the equivalent to, like, T.O. Doesn't really ever win anything, but just talks a whole lot. They did win the World Series. They did, and like T.O. and like yeah, T.O. won things every like now like here and again, and like, but just did so much more talking than they than he did than he did winning. T.O. won my heart when he cried after the Giants beat him in the playoffs, and that's my, said, that's, that's my teammate in like a red velvet jacket. Nice, yes, he won my heart then. He was my favorite favorite player, <laughs> favorite favorite player to ever be inducted in the Hall of Fame because he said, "I don't want to go." I'm like, yes, that's like that, yes. Yeah, show, screw show him. Show him who's boss, Tio. <laughs> don't have, don't have everybody. Kevin Boss, I miss Kevin Boss. Oh my god! All right, enough. All right, talk about time. Then didn't drop the ball. All right, enough. Kevin enough. Kevin enough. Boss, Bear Pasco. Oh my god, a Bear Pasco. Jesus, love All the right. bear. Freaking full. Travis Beckham. Oh my god, stop! All right, um, keep on bleeding blue, everybody. That was a that was a bit Stop of a mess. That was a bit of a mess. Oh my god, he was more he was better known on the Vikings. All right. Keep on keep on bleeding blue. Not Jeremy Shockey, he dropped the ball. Take care. Peace out.